We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's good? What's good? Welcome to Rampage Radio Podcast. This is your boy J-Rob right here. Be sure to follow us at Rampage Radio Pod on Twitter. I got my computer back thanks to the Rams Talk Network, so be sure to follow Rams Talk as well at Talk Rams on Twitter. The other podcast that we have available for you guys is uh, Butting Heads, Rams Uncensored, and Rams Brothers. But again, got the computer back finally out of the shop two weeks later. Uh, my monitor still doesn't work, so I'm having to use an external monitor, but at least I have Logic Pro and not GarageBand. Don't have Pro Tools anymore because I had it cracked and the program is unusable. But I got Logic and uh, a lot of the plugins work. For those of you that are audio people, you may understand that or producers or what have you. Other you guys, you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't worry about that. Anyway, listen, I didn't bring a podcast to you guys last week simply because... It was a Cincinnati game, and I figured that I would wait for the bye week, and now that has approached. What did the Cincinnati game really tell us? And to answer that question, I don't think it really told you a whole lot. Cincinnati is not a good team, and the Rams are a good team. And it's nice to be 5-3 and three in this bye week. We had hoped to have some help from Tampa Bay against Seattle, 
That didn't happen. And luckily, the Chiefs were able to take care of Minnesota in a game that went to down to the wire. So thank you to the Chiefs. I, I again, but going back to to the whole Cincinnati deal, uh, some would say, well, the Rams' offensive line has been they they were a lot better that that game, and 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 I've been harping on the Rams' offensive line for since the beginning of the season. I think that's been the Rams' Achilles' heel. I don't think anyone would argue that. You want to talk about the play of Jared Goff? Well, it kind of stems from what you do up front. And the Rams, quite frankly, just have not been very good up front. They're like almost a 32nd, if not in the bottom two. So that would be 31 or 32 as far as production per pro football focus. If you're that kind of guy or gal, you like those stats. They're 31 or 32 when it comes to the entire unit, which is not good. But J-Rob, dude, listen, they were good against Cincinnati. I don't care if they were good against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not a good football team. Geno Atkins is past his prime. And Carlos Dunlap's the only dude who's really worth mentioning. And he still <laughs> made some pressures or had pressures on golf with Rob Havenstein. So it's not like they were awesome against the pass and awesome against the run. No, the Rams offensive line was not that against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's just not a very good team. And what do good teams do against bad teams? They beat them. Very simply put, they beat them. So the Rams are still a good team. It's nice to be 5-3 and three during this bye week. And we were hoping to have some help from Tampa Bay. Didn't happen. But we got some help from the Chiefs. And they took care of Minnesota. So as it sits right now the Rams would be in a place to achieve a wild card spot if it ended today. But we still have eight more games, obviously. And the simple fact is your offense is what really needs to improve. It's not your defense. Your defense is really in a great spot right now. Troy Hill has been playing well, which some of you would probably be shocked. I'm not going to say I'm shocked, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm necessarily surprised either. The guy's a pretty good player. Now he's obviously shown to the front office and to McVay and company that he can do the job. And he has done the job. And he will continue to do the job now that Aqib Tlaib has been shipped off to Miami. And everyone loves Aqib Tlaib. Everyone that I know, what I've seen on Twitter and RamsOnDemand.com, which I love, I'm going to give them a plug every single podcast that I can. Because those guys are great. It's an awesome website. Check it out. Create a username. Join the potty. But yeah, man, everyone loves Aqib. We love what he did for the Rams. We love how he was in the locker room, even though we truly don't know what that looks like. Word on the street is he was awesome in every way, shape, and form. And I simply love the fact that if you wore a necklace around your neck, the fool would rip it off. Michael Crabtree, what's up? But anyway... You hate to see a guy go like that, but everyone obviously knows that it was obvious, you know, a salary cap, you know, move. It's one of those situations where you're like, all right, can you guys take this guy off our hands so we can free up some space so we can sign Jalen Ramsey? Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll do it. Boom. Done. And the guy was getting hurt. You really hate that for a guy like Aqib Tlaib, who's been a pro's pro since he entered the league and he's played at a high level for a long time. Speaking of playing at a high level, Troy Hill, like I just mentioned, has done an admirable job. 
You can't really hate the Rams for making a move to free up space and say we're going to ride with Troy Hill. And that guy's good man coverage. And that's something that I expect the Rams to continue to do for the rest of these eight games. Play a lot more man covers because outside of the game against the Falcons, it's been all zone. They went back to zone against Cincinnati. Hate it. Can't stand it. I mean, it works for some things. I'm not necessarily dogging it. But I think that the personnel that the Rams have is suited more for zone than it is or suited for man, excuse me, more than it is for zone, especially when you have guys like Obo Okoronkwo who are getting in there and trying to get after the quarterback. It's going to be nice to get Clay Matthews back here before too long. Guys, a good pass rusher. Now you have Obo Okoronkwo. Samson Ibukam's doing a pretty good job making pressures, making stops in the backfield, setting the edge. And then, of course, you have Aaron Donald and Joseph Day in the middle. The guys are playing well. And again, it's not the defense that's your Achilles heel right now. It's surprisingly the offense, which is crazy to say because of McVay. When he's been in the league with the Rams, that is, it's been a high-flying offense, and and you're not, you know, I mean, they're still putting up the points. Again, they're putting the points up, but it's like this is not the same offense that we've seen. Has he been figured out? Of course he has, some of it. But he's implementing different looks and different sets to try to keep you guessing. And that's something that the Rams did not do in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, according to the Patriots players, which show you something different. But we're seeing that. And I think, I think, I don't know this, but I believe we'll continue to see the offense evolve a little bit. And the true question is, is Todd Gurley going to get more carries and more touches and more passes from out of the backfield? Have they truly done a good job of holding their cards or playing their cards right to make it look like they're waiting for the right moment to unleash the beast, TG3? Or is his knee truly an issue and is going to maintain what it has been throughout the season? Personally, I think it's the latter. But I'm hoping that it's the former. And if that is the case, then they sure had me fooled amongst many, 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 many other people who follow this team, including experts. So we'll see. What we will also see is more of Daryl Henderson, because we don't know what the status of Malcolm Brown is right now to the date. But Daryl Henderson's done an admirable job, admirable job as well so far. And he has shown that he has the burst that you kind of haven't really seen from Todd Gurley yet. There's been some runs where Todd Gurley has really shown that he still has it. And I hate to say that, the quote-unquote has it. It's kind of cliche, but man, it, it just doesn't seem like he does. But then there's other times you're like, man, that's that was it. That was it, man. He just hit, through, hit the hole. He just got around the corner, got around the edge, turned it to another gear. Just like this past week against Cincinnati, got around there and scored a touchdown. And then he launched a freaking moonshot into the stands in London. It was awesome. But you want to see more of that out of that guy. And Daryl Henderson has more of that, it seems, right now as it sits. So you're going to see more of him. I think. Don't know it, but you might. And we hope to get Malcolm Brown back pretty pretty soon, too. Uh, more guy you'll see. Yep, that's him. Who are you talking about? What how, What do you mean? I don't understand. Josh Reynolds. That's another guy that you're going to see. And it was nice to see 
Him have that awesome touchdown reception, which was a dime by Jared Goff over the linebacker. Go back and watch it, all you golf haters out there. Dude's been on point. Dude's been on point with accuracy and throwing the football. And it's nice to see Josh Reynolds make a play. I like I actually like Josh Reynolds in the lineup, and you hope that Brandon Cooks can come back, but with all his head injury history. That kind of leaves the door open for something that we have no idea what could happen. I mean, the guy could get released. The guy could get medical something, this or that. I, who knows what's going to happen with Brandon Cooks. We hope that he comes back really soon. We hope that he plays this next week. You know, we don't know what he could do potentially against the Steelers, but they're not all that great either. But, would you bring him back for this game? And I don't think it's necessary. I think Josh Reynolds is a nice addition to the lineup. He stepped in when Cooper Cup went out last year and did a pretty good job. Who's to say he can't do that now? And he did it when Cooks went out on the first drive. <laughs> you know, so it's not like the guy's not capable. It's just the fact that they have to be able to have a more of a chemistry on the field and not just at practice between Goff and Reynolds. But he does a good job, and I think you you see that, and his size definitely gives you an advantage. And we've seen it a couple times now where Goff has tried the back shoulder throw in the end zone instead of just high-pointing the ball, which I think they should do instead of trying to throw it to the back shoulder. Sure, the back shoulder works, but the guy's like six foot four or 5. Throw the ball up. Let him go up there and get it one-on-one. He's going to out-jump the guy. But he has shown, Reynolds that is, has shown that he's not always capable of being able to go up and get it. So it is kind of a catch-22 caveat. You don't really know if he can make that play consistently or not. He's not Calvin Johnson out there that we know of, but he's more than serviceable, as is the entire offense aside from your center position and your guard position on the right side. Austin Blythe, not as good as he was last year. And obviously, Allen just doesn't seem to be the answer to me. If some of you guys see it, great. You know what? Perfect. You have your own opinion. You're entitled to that. I absolutely respect that, as others should respect your opinion. Can't spit the word out. Others should respect your opinion. If you're on forums and things like that or on Twitter, you should not be getting hate mail, quote unquote, or at me about the play of the offensive line or anybody from your opinion only. That's retarded. Don't go hating on people just because they don't agree with you. There's no need to have a verbal personal insult to somebody just because you don't agree with them. That's not necessary. Just be cool and give your opinions and talk about it. That's that's the problem with people today is they can't just talk about things. It's got to be one way or the other. Why am I right? and Why is he wrong? No, man, just... You know what? I understand that. Respect that. I just, you know, I agree to disagree. Can you do that, guys? Because that's what you should do. But going back to the offensive line before I get on that little tangent, which I just did, Blythe is not playing that well, and Allen is not the answer, in my opinion, at the center position as it sits right now. I'm not going to sit here and say that they can't improve. I'm not going to sit here and say that they won't improve. I'm just saying right now, this very moment, you will lose a playoff game if you get in because you cannot run the football up the middle and through the right tackle or the right side or up the gut, dive plays, things like that. You won't be able to win because those guys are constantly getting beat. Whether it's 
the guys around each, around each other or whatever it is. doesn't matter why. The matter is the what behind the why. And the what is you got to do better. The what is the other defensive tackles and defensive ends are beating you. That's what the what is. Well, why? doesn't matter. Fix it. If you can't do it, we're going to see the Rams falter. Some of you may say this is not their year. It may not be their year. But dadgummit, something's got to get done up front. j Rob, give him a chance, dude. It's only been eight games. Man, I'm tired of waiting for this, dude. The Rams knew this going into the game, going into not the game, this year, that they were going to roll the dice with basically two rookies in Note Boom and Allen. God forbid something happened to Allen. But hey, if something did happen to Allen, at least you can see what you got behind him. Because I don't think that Allen's the answer. I just don't. But hopefully they can improve. They're going to need to improve if you want to see the Rams make a playoff push. Either that or we have to do something completely different offensively where we're not really taking the shots downfield. Not utilizing Cooper Cup and the yak that he gets. What do you mean? Well, if you don't have time to throw the football because you're getting pressure constantly up the middle, how can you go more than 10 yards? How can you throw the ball further than 10 yards and, and let guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and company get yards after the catch? You, you can't do it. You got to go with the slants and a little dump passes right near the line of scrimmage. And that's something that the Rams may have to do and change against a playoff caliber team, which we're about to find out. We are about to find out because we saw what happened against a very good San Francisco 49er team. We scored seven points, seven, against a playoff caliber defense. We scored three against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They were a playoff caliber defense, and they won. (laughs) So we're going to have to see some changes, and we're going to find out, like I just said, with the schedule we have remaining. And if you take a look at the playoff picture, as I mentioned earlier, If it ended today, the Rams would squeak in with a wild card because they already beat Carolina Panthers, who was also 5-3. and It's crazy to see that the New Orleans Saints are still 7-1. and We're the only loss that they've had. And Teddy B went 4-0. The guy's going to get a contract somewhere. The guy's a starting caliber quarterback. And I think he proved that to you guys, to everybody, to the world. Good for him. The Minnesota Vikings are a tough team. They're 6-3. and three. Thank you, Kansas City, for beating them, helping us right now. And then you have the Packers, who just lost this last week, too. And they're also a good team. I'm not sold on Dallas. I'm not sold on Philadelphia. I don't think either one of those two teams are a threat. But you look at our division, and you look at San Francisco, who's 8-0, Seattle, who's 7-2. and two. Thanks, Tampa Bay, once again, for not doing anything. <laughs> it's like, how are the Rams going to get in? And, and I can tell you how. Not go 0-2 with divisional games. Because that's where they sit right now. Got to beat the Cardinals twice, and you got to beat San Francisco and Seattle. You need to go 4-0 the division from here on out. You really do. In my opinion, that's what you have to do. I think the goal needs to be win the West. You got to win the West. And I don't. I'm not saying it's impossible. Because it's absolutely not impossible. But it is going to be an uphill battle from here on out to try to win the West. That's how good San Francisco is. That's how good Seattle Seahawks is. 
good teams. Our division is the best. We went from being the worst division in football to one of the best divisions of football to a mediocre division, now back to one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. Going to have to come through the West, baby. And we need to start this week by taking care of Pittsburgh on the road. That's the team you should beat. Then you should also beat the Bears. That place is a dumpster fire too right now with Mitchell Trubisky. Don't know what he is. People calling for his, you know, butt to be on the bench like they did Jay Cutler back in the day. But those are games that you have to win. Those are games that you should win because you are a superior team to those teams. The teams that you are not necessarily superior to are obviously, like I just mentioned, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Saints who you already beat, the Panthers who you already beat. You're not necessarily superior to those teams. Green Bay or Minnesota or Dallas. We don't know what Dallas is, but I think that you are better than Dallas, but until you play him, you really won't know. And it's like, well, dude, we got to take it game by game. Yes, I realize that. That is the motto. That has always been, well, we'll go back in the tape and try to fix the things we can, do some self-evaluation, and we'll move on to the next week, take it one game at a time. Yeah, I know that. Everyone knows that. We've all heard that time and time again from different head coaches, different GMs, different players. That's what it is. But right now, as a Rams fan, I would not say I'm worried, concerned about you know, beating these upcoming teams that we're about to play, but you got to win. If you drop one of these next two games, you better be concerned about making the playoffs because chances are it won't happen because you're not going to get much help from the AFC teams because they're not really that good, except for Baltimore, which put a whoop can of whoop rear end. I'm not going to cuss because I don't cuss. You know what I'm about to say on the daggum Patriots. That, that team's for real. And Mark Ingram reminded me of Willis McGahee, to be honest with you. And you look at Lamar Jackson, he's like Michael Vick all over again. But he's got some zip on the ball, too, and some accuracy. And he's just, dude, Baltimore's a good team. I think we're going to lose to Baltimore. I don't think we're, I mean, we've done a lot better against stopping the run. But I don't think we're good enough to stop the run yet against a team like Baltimore who really shoves it down your throat and then has the quarterback and do what Russell Wilson does to you which is why they won yesterday, Russell Wilson and company, because of him again. But I think you lose to Baltimore. I don't think that you beat them. And I'll get it back into the schedule here and take a closer look at it and let you guys know my thoughts, which isn't saying much. I'm a nobody. But I'll let you know anyway, after this quick break from our sponsors, be right back. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's good? This is J-Rod with Rampage Radio Podcast. Again, follow us at, on Twitter at Rampage Radio Pod. 
Thanks for tuning back in. So I was talking about the schedule a little bit before the break, and I want to kind of pick up right there, uh, starting with the Steelers. Um, I'll get back to the Ravens, but the Steelers are 4-4. Four and four. They are not a very good team. <laughs> Again, another team that this team is superior than and a team that the Rams should beat coming out of the bye week. Go to Pittsburgh, get the W. And I know I mentioned just a few moments ago about Todd Gurley getting more involved. This night might not be a game where he does because I know that the Steelers' defense is actually pretty good. They're young. They're fast. You know, they got Devin White, not White, excuse me, Devin Bush, who's a good player as a rookie. He's in the contention for AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. He can play. And their team's actually not that bad defensively. It's on the offense where they kind of just aren't very good. But they can run the ball with Connor, and so you got to be able to stop him. I think the Rams win in Pittsburgh. I I really do. I I think that's a a game that you should win, and I think it's a game that they will win. Then you're back home against Chicago. And Chicago is, well, kind of abysmal. They're just not really... I don't know what happened to them. I don't think anybody really knows what happened to the Bears. They're sitting there at three and five. They're one and three at home. And they're two and two on the road. So they can play a little bit better on the road, but they only scored 142 points. That's it. That's at the bottom of the league. One and I mean, and they're not at the bottom. I think Washington might be at the bottom with 108 total points. I think if I'm not. I'm looking at it. Let's see. Yep. I think Washington's at the bottom, but the Bears are only at 142. It's not very good. So you should also beat the Bears at home. You're not playing in the cold like you did last year where you went up to Chicago and got outplayed and got beat. You're playing at home and you're far superior than they are, in my humble opinion. Again, which doesn't matter for much. That's just the way I look at it. Then you're home against the Ravens, and that's where I truly do think that the Rams will get beat, and I think they'll get their fourth loss. The Ravens are just a very, very physical team. They run the ball very well. Their offensive play calling is is solid. I don't know who that is off the top of my head because I don't follow them, but they are good, man. That is a good, good team, and their offensive line is good. And if you do not stop the run, which the Rams have been a lot better at this year than previous seasons, if you don't do that against those guys, you will definitely lose. Go watch the Patriots game. Patriots could not stop them. Bill Belichick, the whiz, the goat, really, couldn't figure out how to stop those guys. Good job, Harbaugh. Good job. That dude's got a good team right now. And you see why they let go of Flacco, who has really fell off the face of the earth, kind of, for a guy in Jackson. Guy can do it all. He can run. He can throw. He knows when to slide. It's like a mixture of Vic and Griffin. And we all saw how Griffin's career ended. Not good. He had like one good season, speaking of Washington. He had one good season there and then got hurt. But it seems like I don't know, man. It seems like Jackson just kind of knows what to do, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But watching them play against the Patriots, I don't know how the Rams stop them. 
And I, I do believe that the Rams have a playoff caliber defense. I really, really do. I, I Let me say this. I would not be like, oh my gosh, we stopped the Ravens. How in the world were we able to do that? Man, those guys are... No, I, I'm not going to say that. Because the Rams defense is very good, man. Don't get it twisted. We are a very good defense. And I think that we can stop the Ravens. I just don't think we will. Not for four quarters. And I think their defense is good enough to really... I don't want to say keep us in check. And we'll have to see where the offensive line is doing at this point. Three games after the bye. But again, the Steelers are not going to give you a ton of pressure up front. The Bears, outside of Cleo Mack, aren't going to give you a ton of pressure up front. So this next test against the Ravens on November 25th, which is like a primetime game at 8.15 on ESPN. Everyone's going to be watching you. So you better show up. You better show up and know how to wrap up. And the Rams have been good on defense of being able to do that. It's going to be the offense is going to be the question mark, as it has been all season. But I do think the, the Rams take a loss at home against the Ravens. I do think the next week, December 1st, they go on the road and they take care of the Cardinals because the Cardinals are not very, well, they're they're better than not very good. They're not great. They're three and five, obviously. But they're, they're starting to kind of turn it on a little bit. I mean, Murray's starting to get it going. Their offense is starting to roll a little bit. You still got the legend Fitzgerald who's still there, who's doing things. And uh, they got another running back outside of David Johnson. I can't even think of his name because I haven't watched the Cardinals at all because we, we, we're not playing them yet. So I'll probably watch them in the next couple of weeks. But they, they got another young cat running back. I don't know who he is. Some of you already know. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, sorry. I don't know. But he's that guy is playing well. And filling in for David Johnson. David Johnson is about to be back. So he's going to have both those guys. And Kyler Murray, he's he's improving. But um, let's kind of have to wait and see. I, I think that we do beat the Cardinals. So I, I think that we are a much better team than they are. I think that we are coached much. We're better coached than they are. Um, and I just think on paper, when you look at it, you're like, all right, well, the Rams got that win. I think if people are betting on that game right now as it sits, and that's bearing injuries and everything else that could happen up till that game, I think that the Rams win that game. Then you have the big one, and that's home against Seattle. That's a game that you you have to win. You're talking about three games left. Looking at the playoff picture, you should have more of an idea where you are in the playoff picture by that time. And the Seattle game is one that it, I would say that is a must win. That is a must win. And at that point, you would be 2-0 in the division on the back stretch. Listen, the, the, the Rams should have beat Seattle in the first place on the road. But Seattle's so good because of Russell Wilson. I, if you guys didn't listen to me talk about him, I ain't going to do it now. But you guys know that I respect the mess out of Russell Wilson as much as I can't stand anyone that wears a Seattle's logo. I don't even care if it's a high school or college. You got a Seahawk logo, don't like you. Sorry about it. But those guys are good, man. They are a solid team, and that's a team that I think the Rams must win if they want to make the playoffs. I really, really do. And I do think that they will win it. I think that the Rams are poised to beat Seattle. I think that they're poised to win the rest of the games, except for the Ravens. But I think against Seattle, you got to win that one. Then you're on the road against Dallas. That's going to be a test. Don't don't think that that's just a pushover game. It's not a trap game, for crying out loud. No one's saying it's a trap game, but it is a game that 
you also probably need to win. I mean, look, let me rephrase. You need to win all the games. I'm not saying you don't need to win. You should. You you have to. I'm just saying the Seattle game is a game that you must win if you want to get into the playoffs. All right. But the Dallas game, I think that they'll win. I, I think we will win. I think we're better than they are. Again, you have Zeke Elliott, who's obviously a machine in his own right. You have Dak, who's hit or miss, who's actually played better this year. You have Amari Cooper, which is why you went and got Jalen Ramsey, baby. Uh, and your defense is just better than their offense, I think. they have Their offensive line has kind of been been better opposed to last season. Uh, they they kind of look more like what they were two years ago during Zeke's rookie year when they were so good. They were the best offensive line in the league. They're not that this year, but they're they're closer to that than they have been. Um, so, you know, it, it, we, we could lose that game. We could lose all these games. I mean, anyone can beat anybody on any given day, but I think the Rams do go to Dallas and, and they take care of the Cowboys because I just don't think that they're better than the Rams are. I just don't think so, but that doesn't mean that they'll lose. I just don't think they will. Um, uh, moving on here. Um, at San Francisco, I also think, uh, when we come down to it, and we see what the date is, which for some reason on NFL.com, it has to be determined, which I don't understand that. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, all right, the 8th, 15th, to be determined. What? In time? Okay. Regardless of when they play the game, when you look at the playoff picture at that point, which you only have one game remaining, shoot, you could be out of the playoffs by that time. But if you're not out of the playoffs, that automatically becomes a must-win game as well. I think starting from December 8th until the end of the season, which is Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco, and then the Cardinals, I think all of those are really going to be must-win games, especially with the playoff picture the way it will be, which we don't know yet. But I think that the Rams will have something different for the 49ers. I think that Sean McVay is going to throw in some more wrinkles. I, I mean, the play, the flea flicker double reverse play that they pulled against Cincinnati. Don't you just wish they would have held on to that one against a team like San Francisco who has a much better pass rush than Cincinnati? I do. But I'm looking forward to see what McVay does because he is a mastermind. There's no doubt about that. And he does make halftime adjustments, something that we didn't see in the Jeff Fisher regime or Spagnolo regime. McVay is completely different. So I expect there to be some... I bet you... Without a shadow of a doubt, there's not a day that goes by where that guy does not... Well, I'm not going to say that. I don't think there's many moments that goes by when he's playing these games, going through the season, about that Super Bowl loss and how he didn't change anything. He learned from that, y'all. I'm telling you right now. McVay is too smart to overlook the fact that he had to learn from that situation and that ball game that they played when they were held to three points. And they were the second highest scoring offense in the league last year. So he learned from it. What's he going to do this year to incorporate those decisions that he didn't make last year to now? We're going to see that these last four games against Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco. I do think we beat San Francisco on the road simply because of McVay. I really believe that our defense is that good. And we did an all right job against stopping the run with Burita and company. We did an all right job the first time. We really did. You know, I don't know what the numbers say. I don't have it off the top of my head right now. Again, I'm not looking at it. But based upon what the Rams have done against the run this year, which has been 
pretty solid. It carried over into the first 49ers game. And I think it'll carry over against them on the road. I do. That's that might be a flex game. That's that's that maybe that's why it's to be determined on NFL.com. Because it could be flexed. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but okay. But I think that's a game that they win. And then you also have um the Cardinals on the road or, or not on the road at home to wrap up the season on December 29th. So Again, there's a lot of must-win games, I think, the last four. Um, I think the obvious must-wins are the ones in your division. Um, we'll see, man. The Rams are going to have to come out strong. They're really going to have to come out strong and take care of business at the, at Pittsburgh and home against the Bears before you're home against the Ravens because that's going to be a tough game against Baltimore. I'm just telling you guys. And, and it's it's not like new news or a, or a hot take or anything like that. It's just the simple fact that the – the Ravens are a good team, man. <laughs> I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's just ridiculous, dude. And and uh, he can he can throw the ball. I mean, it's like they, they kind of play like backyard football, man, where they a lot of off-schedule plays and things don't work out. Then you have to, to worry about Lamar Jackson and golly, dude. There, there's so much like Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks. It's not even funny. It's what the Seahawks were for years you know, even dating back to the Sean Alexander days, you know, they're so good. And then Marshawn Lynch, obviously. But, um, you know, I think the Williams, I honestly do think that they lose one game, and that's against the Ravens. I could see them losing against Seattle. I could see them getting beat by Dallas, and I could see them getting beat by San Francisco. If that happens, you're done. You're not making the playoffs. I, I think if you lose uh, to, to, to Baltimore and then you lose to Seattle, those two games out of the first five, I think you're out of the playoffs at that point. I really do. Because Seattle, uh, Seattle is that good, and like I said, San Francisco is also that good. Uh, this upcoming week, I hope to see kind of the Rams run the ball some more against the Steelers. I, I, you know, you hope Todd Gurley gets going a little bit. I don't think you'll see that yet because I think um, they're going to play it safe. The Rams are um, with him continuing until they hit the Ravens probably is when you'll start he seeing him get heated up if, if they truly did. Uh, call the you know their bluff with the sense of uh, his knee and stuff like that. Wow, that didn't come out right. Uh, but I think that if they did stay true to we're holding him until the second half of the season, I don't think that you'll see that uh, week ten. I think you'll see that week twelve uh, because I think they are good enough to have uh, Henderson run the ball some more and throw it all over the Steelers and the Bears. So. Time will tell, guys. Uh, you, you know, it's exciting to, to be a Rams fan. I remember so many years where we were so bad and I hated waking up and, and watching the Rams play because I knew that they were going to lose. And that has just not been the case for the last three years. And hopefully it won't be the case for a long time. And we, we know that the league comes in cycles. We know that uh, your window opens and closes, uh, you know, throughout history and uh, unless you're the Patriots. But uh, golly, man, it sure is nice to be Rams fan and, and you have to be happy with the fact that they're putting a competitive product on the field. And you knew that they were going to have to do that as soon as they moved from St. Louis to L.A. I mean, I'm a St. Louis guy. I lived in St. Louis for 10 years, for crying out loud. That's not saying a whole lot. Not saying it's awesome. Not saying it's terrible, but, not, you know, that's a whole another different thing. But I was there when they were there. And I knew as soon as they moved, I remember listening to... Uh, who is it? Fred Rogan. Fred Rogan. Rogan. Like that guy, by the way. 
Um, I listened to him. I was like, yep, the Rams are coming back to LA. That's when I found out. And it probably took me about, um, I'll tell you, a day to decide whether or not I was staying with the team or going to jump ship. And after really kind of, my brother would say different. He'd be like, dude, you went with Tampa Bay for a minute, bro. You brought a Tampa Bay hat and all that, which is true. I did. I definitely did. I mean, I was distraught. I don't know any fan that was a fan of the Rams at that time that, I mean, I know people that, that won't even watch football because of that. And rightfully so. I understand that. I respect it. And I completely get it. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that I, I did jump ship for a brief moment. I totally did. It, it sucked that they left the city that I was in where I could watch them every single week without having to watch them online or Game Pass or what have you. And then they up and they moved to L.A. It sucked. And because the city of St. Louis, believe it or not, put up a really nice proposal. They really, really did. Well, how do you know that? Dude, the stuff I read didn't say, yes, it did. I was there. I was in the city. I saw it and listened to it on the radio, saw it on TV every single day. The city of St. Louis did a good job by proposing a stadium plan, all these different things, backing by the city. The city was kind of behind it. Not everybody, but a lot of them were. And it's really because of Stan Kroenke that they left. There's no denying that. Why do you think he hired Jeff Fisher? <laughs> and the dude, the dude already went through it one time with Tennessee. Why wouldn't you bring that guy back in? Because he knew the grand master plan. And I guarantee you, Jeff Fisher knew that he would, when he was taking this job or that the, our job then, when he was taking the job, he knew because Stan Kroenke is a straightforward shooter, buddy. And he told that dude, well, I'm moving the team to L.A. Believe it. And so for me, I said, you know what? I didn't fall in love with the owner. Now, I like Stan Kroenke. I like that he's got deep pockets. But I fell in love with the team. I fell in love with the dudes that I talked with on the forums. I fell in love with the gear that I spent money on to put on my back every day. I don't wear it every day. I'm lying. But when I do wear it, I spend hours and hours and hours just like how many of you have about the team. You're invested in the team, not the ownership. And so that's why I stay with the Rams. After my brief, however long stint, my brother will probably be able to tell you because he will never let it go. But the Rams are a solid team. You got to be happy. And, we, you know, fans got to show up. You people that live in L.A., you got to show up, which I know you guys are. But if you have the extra money to do it, man, show up. And Stan Kroenke knew that people would show up if he put a competitive team on the field, which is what they are now. Competitive. They're going to compete week in and week out with a shot to win. That's the whole point of the last two minutes I've been rambling. They are competitive. And they're going to have to be against the Ravens, the Seahawks, every game. But especially against those two teams and especially the 49ers. If they can do those things, we're looking at a playoff berth. A wild card, at least. If they win all of them, and we have a little help, obviously, we could win the West. But at this point, take a game by game, man. That's what we're going to do. Wow, that was really country and bad. But that's what they say, and that's what they do. So anyway, listen, thanks for tuning in to Rampage Radio Podcast and listen to me ramble. 
listen to my humble opinion. I really appreciate you, you guys listening and giving some feedback and following us on Twitter. We only have like 150, 195 followers. I don't really, I mean, followers are great and stuff, but it's really about just being able to give you guys content to listen to during the week. I'm not the best at doing this stuff. I just love to do it and I spend my time doing it because I love the teens. This is how I was speaking about. So thank you guys and gals for tuning in to Rampage Radio Podcast. Be sure to check us out next week. We're going to be moving to Mondays here. Uh, For my brother, he would say stay bad and stay bougie. And I'm going to say deuces. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.